we're seeking to not miss Christmas. Don't miss Christmas uh, during this Christmas season. And uh, we're almost there. Uh, We're at Christmas week and we're learning some lessons from the very first Christmas and the people that missed it. Uh, We saw the innkeeper. Uh, He missed Christmas because of busyness. Uh, We saw that King Herod missed Christmas because of selfishness. And this morning we find another group of people who missed Christmas. And I believe that their case might just be the saddest of all. And we find their story in Matthew chapter 2. Now, we looked at Matthew chapter 2 last week as we thought about King Herod and missing Christmas. Uh, But as we read through today, we find another group that missed it. And as we read through together, uh, I want you to notice particularly if you can see the other group uh, that missed Christmas. We're going to read it together out loud. It's on the screen before you. And uh, we'll read it together. And uh, then you may be seated and we'll launch in and look at uh, this final message in this series. Would you read with me? Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Did you notice, as we read through, you know, we talked about Herod missing Christmas. We talked about the innkeeper missing Christmas. Did you notice, as we read through that time, that the religious leaders missed Christmas? The religious leaders missed Christmas. Now, verse 4 there talks about uh, the chief priests and the scribes of the people. And uh, Blomberg noticed that there were two key groups of religious leaders in Jerusalem. The chief priests that are mentioned there headed the 24 main orders of priests that lived in and around the city. And the scribes or the teachers of the law that are mentioned there had inherited the ancient profession of copying scripture. Uh, But they had evolved into a class of teachers who were well trained in interpreting and applying the Old Testament as well. And so Herod brings in these religious leaders to find out where Christ was going to be born. And did you notice as we read the story there that they don't stammer and they don't stutter in their response? They knew the prophecy and they knew the place. And they quote Micah chapter 5 verse 2 to Herod. It says there in chapter 2 and uh, verse 4, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Verse 5, So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, verse 6, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then that's it. 
We don't read anything else about the religious leaders making a journey to go find the Messiah, to go find the king of the Jews. And by the way, when they said that they were standing only five miles from that place, just five miles away from where the long awaited Messiah had been born. But they missed it. Now, the question is, why did they miss it? Well, it's obvious as you read, it seems that they were indifferent to all this. John MacArthur had some really strong words about these religious leaders. Listen to what he said. If truth were known, they felt they didn't need him. They were self-righteous. They kept the law. They believed they were already all that God could ever ask of them. They were perfect in their own minds, sickeningly proud. The root of indifference is always pride. These men were too busy with themselves to be concerned about Jesus. Engrossed in their own pride and their self-righteousness, their self-sufficiency, they carried out their ritual and their petty theological discussions and the confines of their comfortable system. They had no time for the Son of God. He said, in fact, when he began his public ministry, these men became his principal adversaries. They hated and despised him and ultimately plotted his murder. They didn't want him and they didn't think they needed him. Now, think about that, beloved. I mean, they moved from not just just being indifferent about him to ultimately becoming his greatest enemies and plotting his murder. And the more I thought about these religious leaders and why they missed Christmas, the more convinced I became that they missed Christmas because of tradition. Because of tradition, they didn't need Jesus because they had the religious tradition, their comfortable system, as MacArthur called it. And if we're not careful, we can miss Christmas, miss Christ because of tradition. In fact, we can practice all the traditions that go along with this season and miss the point entirely. As I thought about this and, and Christmas and traditions, and you know, they had their religious tradition, and we have Christmas traditions, I jotted down three thoughts that I want to share with you this morning, and then we'll be done. Let's think about our Christmas traditions. You think about your Christmas traditions, the things that you do, and I want to point out three thoughts to you. First of all, I want you to notice that traditions are wonderful servants, but horrible masters. Traditions are wonderful servants, but horrible masters. Now, lest you think I'm anti-tradition, I'm not. In fact, traditions, they can be wonderful. They can bring back wonderful memories. They can bring back wonderful feelings. And they can serve as wonderful reminders. But traditions are servants. They're not masters. They serve us, not the other way around. Now, several families in our church, I know, uh, this Christmas season, they've begun a new tradition in their family. Uh, ladies got together some time ago, and uh, they made ornaments, and, and they uh, prepared to have an Advent, a Jesse Advent tree. And I know several of the families in our own church family, uh, they are going through this Advent tree. Our family's doing it as well. And I think we plan on on keeping on doing it. And each day as you get out this ornament, it reminds you of some element of the the biblical story. And it starts all the way back to creation and then the fall of man as we talk about the need of a savior. And you continue going through. And it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful tradition to help you to keep your mind focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ. It was mentioned in our Sunday school class this morning. Another wonderful tradition you can practice where you gather your family together. 
and you read the Christmas story from the Bible. That's a wonderful tradition. You know, traditions can be super spiritual or they can be outright silly. And they can be outright fun. And maybe you have some fun traditions in your family. Uh, Maybe some things you do. And traditions are wonderful in so many ways. But again, listen, they are servants, not masters. And when they no longer serve their purpose, when they no longer serve us, they should be done away with. And so remember that traditions are wonderful servants, but horrible masters. They exist to serve us and not the other way around. But there's a second thought, and that's this. Tradition should be a help, not a hindrance. Tradition should be a help, not a hindrance. When it becomes all about the traditions and carrying out the traditions, we can find ourselves in a bad place. Think about these religious leaders. Their religious tradition uh, that these leaders practice, it not only made them miss Christmas, it ended up making them the sworn enemies of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you notice they loved their religious traditions and they hated Jesus Christ? Do you notice as you read the Christmas story into the life of Christ that they sought to preserve their traditions while killing Jesus Christ? Their traditions, their religious tradition was not helpful. In fact, it was harmful. It had become to them something that God never intended. Well, they had taken it to another level. They had made made it all about their religious tradition. And we must be careful when it comes to our traditions as well. When it comes out to carrying those Christmas traditions in our families. If they ever begin to harm the family fellowship or the family harmony, it's time to reexamine our traditions. If traditions hold us back from going on into the future, it's time to reexamine our traditions. If, If we care more about our traditions than we do other people... It's time to re-examine our traditions. And beloved, when it comes to traditions, remember, they're a wonderful servant, but a horrible master. They should be a help and not a hindrance. But there's a third thought, and I want you not to miss this one, because this is where they really messed up. Traditions must give way to the truth. Traditions must give way to the truth. Now, when it comes to tradition versus truth, truth wins every time, or at least it should. But it didn't when it came to these religious leaders. Did you notice they knew the prophecy of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2? They knew the place, Bethlehem, Judea. Yet they didn't want the truth. I think it was Warren Wiersbe who said they gave the right information, but the wrong response. I mean, they were there. They didn't stammer, stutter. They didn't even pause. They said, it's right here, Bethlehem of Judea. And yet they did nothing With the information, what good was it to them to know the truth if they were not going to act upon the truth? You see, truth takes precedence over tradition, which reminds us that we need to examine our traditions, whatever they are, in the light of truth, in the light of the truth of the word of God. In other words, we could ask some questions like this. Do our traditions point us to Jesus Christ or do they move us away from Christ? We could ask a question like this. Do our traditions line up with biblical truth or do they line up more with a worldly philosophy? Truth matters more than tradition. But these religious leaders care more about their traditions than they did about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And they missed Christmas. And beloved, they not only missed Christmas, they missed salvation. And they missed heaven. They cared more about 
their tradition, carrying out their comfortable system, the way things were structured, the way they'd always been. They didn't want Jesus Christ or anyone to disrupt what they had going. And how many of people will join them this Christmas season? Going through all the traditions of the season, but missing the whole point. Missing the person we celebrate, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I said traditions are wonderful. And I hope you have some great traditions in your family. But don't miss the point of Christmas. Don't miss the person of Christmas. I have wonderful news for you, beloved. There is a great gift waiting for you if you've never received it. It's the gift of salvation through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the reason he came. He was ultimately born to die. And he came born of a virgin. He grew up. He lived a sinless, perfect life. And then he voluntarily gave his life on that cross And shed his precious blood and died for you and died for me. The Bible says that all of us have messed up. All of us have sinned. I'll be the first one to admit it. I have. I needed a savior. I thank him for coming and dying for me. Beloved, you've messed up. All of us have. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says if you'll just turn from your sin and place your faith in Christ... He will save you. He'll give you a home in heaven. He'll give you eternal life. He'll forgive you of your sin. He'll give you a hope and a peace that you've never known before. And so if you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ, let me encourage you to receive him today. Well, traditions are wonderful servants, but horrible masters, as we see. We know that traditions should be a help and not a hindrance. And we know that traditions should give way, make way. It must make way for the truth. When it comes down between tradition and truth, truth trumps tradition every time. As I was thinking about traditions, I thought about a story I heard a long time ago. It seems that a mother was teaching her daughter the family recipe for making a, a whole baked ham. And it was really the best ham that anybody ever had, so they always followed the recipe very carefully. Well, they prepared the marinade and they scored the skin, they put in the clothes, and that's a key, by the way, to put those clothes in. And there came a step in the recipe the daughter didn't understand. And she asked her mother, she said, why do we cut off the ends of the ham? Why do we cut off the ends of the ham? Doesn't it make it dry out? And the mother said, you know, I don't know. That's just the way grandma taught me. We should call grandma and ask. So they called grandma and they asked grandma, why do we cut off the ends of the ham? Is it to let the marinade you know, penetrate the meat and get in there? Grandma said, no, to be honest, I cut the ends off because that's how my mother taught me. I actually added the marinade step later because I worried about the ham drying out. So she said, well, let's call grandma and ask her. So they picked up the phone and they called the assistant living facility where great grandma was living. And the old woman there listened to their questions. And then she said, oh, for land's sake, I cut the ends off because I didn't have a pan big enough for the whole ham. (laughs) That's what tradition can do. If you don't examine it in the light of the truth, if you don't say, why do we do this? 
Where did this come from? Does this help us? And so, beloved, I just want to encourage you as we enter into this most wonderful week to, t- to stop a moment and take a look at your traditions. Examine them in the light of the truth. See if you're walking in the truth and you're walking in wisdom. Listen, don't miss Christmas. Don't miss Christ because of tradition. Have tradition, sure. Enjoy them. Be blessed by them. Let them be your servants, not your masters. Let them serve you. Let them serve your family. Let them serve your Lord. But make sure that traditions, make sure they don't trump truth. Let them be your servant, not the other way around. Father, we thank you so much for the wonderful traditions that we have. Lord, I think about some of the ones that we as a church family, we celebrate our Christmas Eve service, our Christmas cantata, these different things that help us and remind us of Christ. I thank you, Lord, for those who have those type of traditions in their lives and their families and Lord, even those fun traditions that don't have to necessarily have a, a biblical basis, but they just bring joy to our lives and a smile to our face. But, Father, help us to examine all that we do this week and during this season and make sure that it is helping us and not hindering us. And make sure that it's pointing us to Christ and not dragging us away from Christ. And, Lord, as I think about this group of religious leaders, I'm saddened to think just how close they were to the Messiah. And yet they missed him. And Father, I pray if anybody here today, they're close. They're close today to the Savior. And the invitation is before them. The door is open. You're saying to them, come to me and I will give you rest. Father, I pray that if anybody here today needs Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they would respond today in faith. And allow someone to take a Bible and sit down with them and lead them to the cross. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this time. Bless this invitation, I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Our closing song is number 89. Oh, come all you faithful. And the invitation is simply this today. If you need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior. I'm going to be down front as we're singing this song. And I just ask you to do this very simple thing. Just step out from where you are. Come and let me know that. We'll not embarrass you. We'll not call you out or anything like that. We just want to welcome you and we'll take you and place you as someone who'll take a Bible and sit down and talk with you and lead you to the cross. That's all we're going to do today. We'd love to do that. And let me say as well, as I mentioned earlier in the service, maybe you're here today and you need someone to pray with you. Maybe this is a difficult time for you. I'm going to remain behind a little bit today. It's a little bit unusual. I want to welcome you, but I just feel burdened today. I'm going to remain behind up here after we dismiss in prayer. And maybe you've got a burden today. I would love to pray with you and minister to you. And so when we dismiss in a little bit, I'm going to remain up here. I'd love to sit down and pray with you, okay? So I, I do apologize. I'm not going to greet you as you go. So I just I feel burdened today that maybe some or maybe many need prayer. And I want to pray personally with you. But the invitation is simply this. If you want to receive Christ today, as we begin singing, you step out. 89 will come all you faithful. Let's stand and sing. Mm-hmm.